But I do want to update an important story, and it's uh, with regard to Ukraine and its request for tanks. As Ukraine gets set for what's expected to be a spring offensive from the Russian invaders, Ukraine has asked for tanks to make sure that they're prepared to hold off any offensive and finish the job in expelling these Russian invaders. Unfortunately, there has been some gridlock amongst allies in in meeting that request. And and Germany seemed to be a, a big part of the problem with regard to the Leopard 2 battle tanks. And uh, the need for Germany to to allow the rules around the export or re-export of those tanks to be loosened. Germany had been reluctant to do so, but today Germany's chancellor has announced that his government would provide Ukraine with Leopard 2 battle tanks and will approve requests by other countries to do the same. That comes on the same day that the U.S. president has announced uh, that 31 Abrams tanks are being provided to Ukraine. So some big breakthroughs on this front. Unfortunately, Canada... Uh, once again, uh, falling behind our allies, uh, the Prime Minister was asked about all of this this morning. As you all know, Canada has uh, stepped up significantly and uh, without hesitation to support the Ukrainian people and Ukraine itself uh, in its uh, defense of its sovereignty, of its territorial integrity, uh, of the principles and values that underpin all of our democracies against Russia's illegal Uh, and horrific invasion. Uh, We will continue to be there to give whatever support we can to Ukraine. Uh, I won't be making an announcement today, uh, but I can tell you we are looking very, very closely at what more we can do uh, to support Ukraine. Okay, so hint maybe of an announcement yet to come. I know there is some concern that's been raised about the status uh, of our Leopard 2 tanks. Uh, but nothing new from Canada today. Uh, joining us to talk about these developments, very pleased to welcome to the program here this morning, Aurel Braun, a professor of political science and international relations at the University of Toronto, also an associate with the Davis Center at Harvard University. Professor Braun, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Good morning. So how significant is this breakthrough as it pertains to Germany and the Leopard 2 tanks, as well as the announcement from the U.S. and the Abrams tanks? It is profoundly important it can bring about a very major change because it is not only that Ukraine is being provided with essential capability, something that they desperately need to be able to take back territory that has been illegally conquered by Russia, but it also sends a powerful message to Moscow that the West is beginning to step up, that all the attempts at intimidation by the Kremlin, the dire threats that were issued by people like Medvedev, are not having the desired effect. And that psychological message may be as important as what happens on the ground because, of course, the integration of these weapons into the Ukrainian armed forces will take quite some time. Mm-hmm. Why, why was this so difficult? Um, you know, is, is the criticism of Germany, has that been fair? What, what's been the problem here as you see it? It is a very important question because Uh, As I've noted in uh, uh, various other fora, the president of Ukraine put it very starkly, both in moral and in uh, practical terms, when he said that you in the West are thinking about it, that is supplying these essential weapons, and during that time, the Russians, the Kremlin, they are killing us. And so there was this kind of urgency. And what has happened today, which has been very carefully choreographed between Germany, United States, and allies, uh, where Germany and uh, the Biden administration got to save face and got to make themselves look good. There's a kind of bittersweet element about it. 
why was this not done months ago? How many Ukrainian lives could have been saved if these essential weapons would have been provided to Ukraine? Because the government in Kiev has been asking for these for a very long time. Mm-hmm. But there has been this tremendous timidity, this kind of tendency to try to lead from behind, where the German leader would say, well, we will not be the first to provide tanks. Where the American administration and Biden would uh, make excuses where they would claim, well, these Abrams tanks, uh, they run on jet fuel, and that would be very difficult to manage. But, of course, that's not the case. They can also run on diesel fuel or other types of fuel. And uh, all of a sudden, magically now, the United States will be able to provide a small number, 31 of these tanks. And one suspects that uh, there's no accident that is being uh, uh, provided or decision is made that they will be provided on the same day that Germany uh, made that crucial announcement. Because it is the case that on the ground, the Leopard 2 tanks are the ones that would be most essential. The United States needs... Uh, sorry, uh, Ukraine needs 300 to 500 of these, and there are about 2,000 of these in arsenals of various countries in Europe. The, most of these states were willing to provide these to Ukraine, but Germany was very reluctant because uh, Olaf Scholz had been so worried about somehow provoking Russia about uh, moving ahead too far of public opinion in Germany, which he thought urged caution. And at one level, one has to ask these fundamental questions. Was there a confusion in the West between caution and harmful timidity? Uh, was there a confusion as to where the line should be where you uh, wish to uh, reassure Russia that this will not be a war on Russia itself uh, and at the same time not to be seen to be appeasing Russia? Mm-hmm. And that line was not very clear. And Western unity, which is important, was it achieved at the lowest common denominator? There have been those voices in, in Germany, elsewhere in Europe, even in Canada and the U.S., that, that worry that we're, we're helping to escalate the situation here. What do you say to that? It is always fair to ask important questions, because clearly all of us would wish to avoid an all-out conflict with uh, a nuclear power, Russia is a country that has a vast nuclear arsenal. But we have been able to deter in the past the Soviet Union, which was a superpower, not just some wretched remnant of a superpower, which is what the Putin regime has made uh, Russia into. And we were able to do that. And we have to ask, again, some questions. Can we afford to allow Russia to dictate policy? Can the West allow Russian aggression to go unchallenged. What are the implications of Russia denying the existence of Ukrainian nationhood or of the right of Ukraine to be a sovereign state? Uh, What would have been our reply to Russian demands, for example, that NATO forces should be moved uh, out of uh, any country that joined the alliance post-1997, a kind of rollback of NATO? Where would Russian aggression stop? And consequently, uh, even though uh, questions about not escalating are important, it is also crucial to understand that there are essential goods, essential interests 
that need to be protected, and that includes the protection of sovereign states, the protection uh, of international law, of uh, making sure that deterrence works, because deterrence had failed. Uh, Russia invaded because the West looked weak and disunited. They were getting all the wrong kind of signals. They believed that there was a green light to invade. And uh, Vladimir Putin came very close to winning because uh, if uh, the president of Ukraine had listened to the military administration and evacuated, it's highly likely that Ukrainian morale would have collapsed and Russian forces would be in uh, in Kiev. So we have been saved in many ways by President Zelensky and the extraordinary courage and determination of the Ukrainian people to tell the world that they are indeed a nation, that they do intend to protect their sovereignty. And what they asked for was something very similar to the uh, uh, line the British used during the Second World War, which was, give us the tools and we will do the job. And we have been very slow in giving them the tools that have been needed. Ultimately, what is going to de-escalate the situation is is Russia leaving or Russia being driven out of Ukraine. Obviously, there have been significant setbacks for the Russian invasion, but we're not quite yet at that point, especially given the developments this week. How optimistic are you that this is where things are headed and that we'll see that progress here in 2023? Ukrainian forces have shown themselves capable of pushing the Russian invading forces out. They have done so at a tremendous human cost, and they have suffered huge civilian casualties because Russia has moved from a war of aggression to one of terror, where they are deliberately targeting civilians and civilian infrastructure, especially the energy uh, infrastructure. But it would take time to have that uh, capacity, and of course Russia is preparing a new offensive, and that may come fairly soon because uh, the Putin regime not only does not care about Ukrainian lives, it doesn't seem to care very much about Russian lives. And this is sort of the irony that the more quickly Ukraine succeeds in pushing the invading forces out from its territory, the more it might uh, uh, be in a position not only to save Ukrainian lives, but also, also Russian lives, that this war comes uh, uh, to, to an end. Um, a great deal depends on us. How quickly do we step up? You will notice that uh, Germany, in making the announcement that it would provide these leopard tanks, the number they used was 14. 14! Mm-hmm. They have a large number of these, these tanks in storage. Ukraine has asked for three to 500 tanks. The Germans could easily take 300 tanks from storage and from the manufacturer of Rheinmetall and, and provide that. And it takes time to train. It takes... Uh, a tremendous amount of effort to camouflage these tanks and surreptitiously get them into Ukraine so they are not uh, hit by uh, Russian rockets uh, as they are being uh, being delivered. So the logistical problem is, is very large, and um, we need to see how the West will begin to provide more and more aid because now uh, it seems that a lot of these tanks will need to come from various countries that uh, uh, have small numbers of these tanks or medium numbers of these tanks, and they will have to transfer some. In the case of the Netherlands, 
they are going to buy apparently Leopard 2 tanks uh, to give to Ukraine. And this is one of the uh, possibilities for Canada as well. We have so drawn down our own armed forces that we really have just about nothing to spare. But fortunately, we are also a wealthy country and we have all kinds of social needs, but then we have to balance those against the fight for freedom, for democracy, uh, 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 of trying to deter uh, aggression. And we could use those funds also to purchase uh, various weapons uh, for Ukraine, including more air defenses, better radar systems. Ukraine needed to really transform its armed forces into a modern force that has a qualitative superiority over the huge uh, Russian forces that they cannot ever match in terms of numbers, but they can win because of superior morale, better skills, uh, better weapons. We'll leave it there for now. Uh, Professor Braun, appreciate uh, the insight. Thanks for making some time for us here this afternoon, or this morning. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.